today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Reality is this. We have a choice as a church, as individuals that make up the church. Where do we stand? Are we good with sitting in the stands? Or do we want to get on that field? If you're good with eternal life, praise God. You're going to be in heaven. I rejoice with you. That's great. Awesome. But I do believe that God has more for you. Because His Word tells me. It's up to you if you believe that. It's up to you to ask for that. Once we've accepted Christ into our hearts, we will have received His salvation and eternal life. But more is available. Pastor Eric teaches us that after we've received salvation, we can then ask for the Holy Spirit's influence. This will lead us to living like Jesus did. In the Holy Spirit's guidance, we will live out lives of servitude. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 12 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. How many times have you guys said something you're like, where did that come from? The Holy Spirit! Hello! <laughs> God! If this was the case that the, the power of the Holy Spirit is ceased, then everything that is being taught today is coming from the flesh of man. And I, dis, I disagree with that. Because I believe that the Spirit of God and the gifts of the Spirit are present for today. All of them. All of them. Now, how do we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I know why. I know how. The same way that we do everything in America, we can buy it. We can buy it, right? Credit? Visa? MasterCard? American Express? No. You can't buy it. The Bible says us, but the Bible tells us no, you can't buy it. It's a gift. If you would, please turn with me over to the book of Acts, chapter 8. Verses 18, we're going to pick up there. Can we buy the Holy Spirit? Well, let's see what the Bible says. 18. Okay, it says this. Speaking of a, a man named Simon, who was a sorcerer, uh, says this in verse 18, And when Simon saw that the, through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands or lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to get my checkbook out. I'm buying this. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you. Because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion of, in this matter. For your heart is not right in the, spirit, in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this, your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Can you buy the Holy Spirit, church? No. You can't. It's a gift. And if you think that, if you think that you can purchase it, then repent, as the Bible says. Turn to God, and He will forgive you, because He is faithful to forgive us when we confess. 1 John 1, nine. Jesus said in Acts 1 that He would give the Holy Spirit, send the Holy Spirit. If you want the power of God through the Holy Spirit, then ask. Then ask. 
Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? What is Jesus saying? If you want the Holy Spirit, what do you do? Ask. Ask. Well, I thought I received the Holy Spirit when I became a Christian. Yes, you did. You did. But in order to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a second part of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's three parts of the Holy Spirit in His function, in the way He moves, in the way He works. Okay? To receive the power of what was upon Jesus, you must ask. You must ask. Don't have your pastor ask for you. Ask. Don't live your Christianity through me. You have a relationship with Christ. Take it up with the Father and ask. He will give it to you. Let's look at these three aspects of the Holy Spirit this morning. Number one, before you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, it wasn't your friend nudging you to come to church. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit coming alongside of you, convicting you of your sin. Saying, hey, hey, I'll just use me. Or I'll use Dale. He's in the front row. Hey, Dale. Say, don't sit in the front row. No, I'm just kidding. Dale, hey, come to Christ. Go to church. I'm going to use his wife, Rhonda. And through Rhonda, my vessel, the Holy Spirit is going to nudge Dale to come to church. Praise God, it worked. Look, he's here, front row. Elder Dale, by the way. (laughs) Oh, goofy. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of those and convicts them of sin. We see this in John chapter 16, verse 8. It says this, And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit, number one aspect of the Holy Spirit is He comes alongside of those who don't believe to point them to believe in Jesus Christ. Number two, the second aspect is this. If your heart is softened to this conviction, then you repent. Repenting means that you churn from your sin and you put your total faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's what repenting is. It's more than saying, I'm sorry. Okay? But if you repent, your heart is softened, you receive God's gift of grace through Jesus Christ. Then, once this takes place, the Holy Spirit then indwells you. Indwells you. Okay? Uh, this is seen in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And it says this, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also have be- believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the day, uh, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. So once you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit then seals your spirit and soul. Pretty awesome, huh? Salvation. Eternity. With Jesus. Praise God. Note, I believe that this is where most Christians are at, at this point. Phase two. They've received the gift of grace through Jesus Christ. They have been sealed with the promise of salvation and eternal life. You're saved, you're going to heaven. But guess what? Wait, there's more. The third aspect of the Holy Spirit. What is that, Pastor? The aspect of the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. This is the part where the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit come from the Father upon you and then is gone through you. Whew! 
Jesus said this in Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Jesus is stating to the disciples after the resurrection, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Spirit of God who I'm going to send upon you so that you can have power to go forth. And if you know what happens next in the book of Acts, you're going to be blown away. Why do I say that? Healing, miracles, the teaching of God's Word transform the society that they were living in. People were coming to Christ. <laughs> no, that's only from then. Whatever. I believe that the Bible is true. And it's for today. Because God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Have you received the promise of the Father? Number one, let me ask you, have you first received the sealing of the Holy Spirit? That's important. Because I, without receiving the Holy Spirit sealing by accepting Jesus Christ, then the power cannot come upon you. Step one is to repent. This morning, if you have not turned your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation, Jesus said. He has come to this house. Salvation has come to this house, and it's for you. This morning, salvation is for you. No matter what you've done, what sins you've committed, there is a God in heaven who loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to take on your punishment so that he can give you eternal life. Amen? This morning, is there anybody who has not received this part of the Holy Spirit? If so, be bold and let's shout forth because the kingdom of God is at hand. Today is salvation. And it simply just cries out, uh, takes a heart to cry out to God saying, I believe, we believe that God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ and we believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe in the resurrection, and we believe in the death. That goes first, death and the resurrection. Either way though, you believe. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? If so, praise God. If not, <laughs> confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. If step one and two have been accomplished and you're desiring more and you know in your heart that there is more to a walk with Jesus and you don't know what it was, God has revealed it to you today. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The coming upon, the power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The being immersed in the Spirit of the living God can be yours today. How much does that cost again? It's free! F-R-E-E. -E. That spells free! Ask. Does anybody want to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit this morning? I'm going to challenge you with that. Let it resonate in your hearts as we finish here. The remaining of the text. Really examine the heart. Let God examine you. We came here because we wanted to know more about God. Well, I think God has revealed himself in a mighty way. Saying, hey church, I want to do some powerful things. I want people to hear about my son Jesus. Are you willing? Do you want the power? Or are you good with sitting on the sidelines? Yes, you have salvation. Praise God. That won't be taken away from you. 
But why miss out on being involved in the game and seeing mighty things done? Why? For me, every time I see sports, you know, I, I gather around and I'm, a, I'm one of those guys that watch this, the football. I'm glad it's football season. Amen. That's ridiculous. Man, I'm sorry. Oh, forgive me for that. Anyways, I am excited about it. In fact, the Iowa Hawkeyes won yesterday. 57-yard field goal. Not that it matters, okay? But here I am. I'm listening on my bed to the radio. I'm like, yeah, woo! I'm all screaming. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that victory. I was just a fan in the stands. Not even in the stands. I was in, I was in my bed. I'm not even the cool guy that can paint himself and, you know, let his belly button go, woo, you know. <laughs> I wasn't that cool. I didn't get to wear my cool bib overalls, man. Man. The point is, is that the team on the field was doing the, 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 the game. They were in the game. They got the victory. Yes, you have victory in Christ of eternal life. Praise God. But Jesus says there's so much more. And I want you. I want you. I'm not worthy. I can't do it. Yes, you can. You can do it because Christ he can do all things in you. You can do it. Not by your flesh, but by the power of God. My heart's desire is that we, we want this as a church. You want people to hear about Jesus, then be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Man. Who wants to see healings? I do. Who wants to see people delivered from demon possession? I do. Who wants to see the, the lame walk and the blind to see? Spiritual chains broken. Well, that's not going to happen through your flesh. It's going to happen through the Spirit of God. Continuing in our text, Jesus then answers them and says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me where, where I am, and there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. The Greeks wanted to see Jesus. Again, Philip and Andrew told Jesus, and then Jesus responds with an illustration. He says, plant a seed in the ground, a seed that is planted in the ground and covered with the dirt. The seed then will produce grain, much grain. Jesus then goes on and explains the illustration by saying, He who loves his life will lose it, but he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He goes on to say, If anyone, anyone, isn't that beautiful? Anyone, if anyone, anyone meaning salvation is for everyone, okay? All lives matter to Jesus. Serves Jesus, follows Jesus, then guess what? You will see Jesus. Jesus says to bear yourself on good ground. Good ground. Notice that the seed that he is saying is not spoken of on rocks or in, mixed in with weeds and thorns. It is 
on ground. And once that seed is buried, then it will produce much grain or fruit. And so what is Jesus saying? What is he getting at? He's saying, if you want to see me and you want to be with me, then the flesh has to die. It has to be buried in the ground, done. And then, and then it will produce much grain or fruit because it's, it's not living for itself. It's living to produce much fruit. And that fruit comes by the hand of God. It, it, it comes by God. It, it's by saying, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I'm done with that. I want God. I want to see Jesus. If you want to see Jesus, then the flesh has to be out of the equation. Jesus plus Jesus equals Jesus. Not Jesus plus flesh equals Jesus, okay? Jesus says multiple times in his word, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. What does the cross represent? Death. Death. There's a decision to make. Have I truly denied myself? Has my seed truly fallen on good ground? If you look at the parable in Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9, Jesus gives different grounds that a seed can fall on. Rocks. Some of them don't even fall on anything at all, that the birds of the air come and swoop them up. Rocks, thorns, and then there's the good ground, the good soil. Has your seed been buried in good soil? Only you can answer that. To see Jesus means to bury yourself on good ground. Then God will produce the increase, right? Some water, some plant, but it's who that brings the increase. God brings the increase, okay? Jesus said this. He says, if anyone serves him, Romans 10, 9, serves him, serves him has that image of master, right? If I'm going to be serving, it's going to be because I'm, you know, serving my master. And so Jesus says this, confess him as Lord in Romans 10, 9. Confess him as Lord. Lord meaning master. Have you done that? Have you confessed him as your Lord? Master. Oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a slave to nobody. I want to be a slave to Jesus. Because I know that Jesus then says, I call you no longer slaves, but I call you friend. <laughs> I have no problem calling him Lord. But Lord meaning that you're going to surrender everything to him. Everything's yours, God. Confess him as Lord. Then Jesus says to follow him. Imitate Christ. You want to see Jesus. Have you confessed him? And then number two, are you imitating him? Does your life really resemble Christ? Ouch. I can't put Christian bumper stickers on my car because I drive like a maniac. That's just so minor, but hey, if you're thinking of it, maybe God's convicting you of it. Maybe that's me, because I said it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guys, imitate Christ. Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul was just saying, we need to follow Jesus and the example of Jesus Christ in our life. And if we do that, then we're pretty much out of the equation. Do you see that? You're confessing him as Lord, meaning that you're surrendering all to him, and then you're imitating him. I don't see much room for you in that. You're buried. Therefore, you see what? Christ. Because it's Christ then who is living in you and through you. Beautiful. Brilliant. 
As Jesus says, I'm with you, even to the end of the age, he says in Matthew to his disciples as he was sending them off, getting ready to pour the Spirit, the power of the God on them. He says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Then the Bible tells us in Hebrews that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And then I believe I read a text earlier that he says he won't leave you as an orphan. Jesus is with you. You will see Jesus because Jesus is going to be in you and overflowing from you and coming out of all areas of your life. And all you can say is, Jesus is here. (laughs) He is in the house. Amen. Conclusion, the people of this world need to hear about Jesus so they can see Jesus. All it takes is one who is willing to sacrifice themselves and to follow Jesus. The reality is this. We have a choice as a church, as individuals that make up the church. Where do we stand? Are we good with sitting in the stands? Or do we want to get on that field? If you're good with eternal life, praise God. You're going to be in heaven. I rejoice with you. That's great. Awesome. But I do believe that God has more for you. Because his word tells me. It's up to you if you believe that. It's up to you to ask for that. It's up to you to even accept the first part of it, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the eternal life. I wish I could make the decision for you, but I can't. There's a battle taking place every single day, and the head coach Jesus is calling your name. He's calling your name. He's given us the playbook of success, the Word of God. He's given you and I the power to win, Jesus Christ. Jesus has given us His Spirit. It's up to you where you stand. In the game or not in the game. Listen to the words that Paul said to Timothy, and I'll close with this. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul was in the game. And he encouraged young Timothy to stay in the game as well. To keep pressing forward. Keep pressing for the prize. Keep going strong. Finish the course. Mind you, when he wrote this, he was facing execution. I fought the good fight. I was challenged this past week to continue the good fight, to continue the race, to continue the course, not based on my flesh and my power, but through the power of the living God, through His Holy Spirit. So you guys have the benefit of and the pleasure to hear that challenge yourself, because we're one. I pray this morning that if you need to get right with the Lord, then you do so. Getting right with the Lord is confessing your sins and repenting from them. And I pray if you are wanting that power of the Holy Spirit, that third aspect of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, that you wouldn't leave here without it. It will change your lives. It changed the apostles' lives. It changed the early church's life. I say, why can't that be for us? It can be. But it's up to us to take it. We hope the words Pastor Eric shared have encouraged you to learn even more about our Savior and seek His love and hope for your own life. 
Jesus has the power to change every person's life, wiping sin away and giving back a full life of love and grace. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you can have a personal relationship with Him, we'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 520-723-7047. That number again is 520-723-7047. We have much to share with you about Jesus, and we'd like to join you in prayer as you begin your journey of faith. One thing we'd encourage you in right away is to find a local church in which to get involved. If you are in the Coolidge, Arizona area, we would be thrilled to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Come join us for a time of worship and studying verse by verse through the Bible. You can find our weekly service times, church address, and directions through our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll also be able to read more about Pastor Eric, our church family, and what we believe. That website again is gracetothehearers.com. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope you'll continue to be blessed throughout your day. Tune in again as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, right here on Grace to the Hearers.